close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. And there's no tenderness like me. Have a car question? Ask the experts at 855 340 Zone. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Come on, everybody. It's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Righteous Brothers. Do you know uh, Jake, Scott, and Gordon Monson had this huge debate over, I think it was that song, where Gordon claimed there was a woman's voice at one part of the song. Oh, okay. Jake claimed there was not a woman's voice at that part of the song. And Gordon ended up owing incriminating audio because... There was a time in the song, there is a time in the song where none other than Cher, before she had become what she is today, lends her voice to a little tiny, tiny section. Okay. I did not know that. But it was not the section that Gordon was talking about. Oh. <laughs> and so he lost the bet. He lost the bet. And to this day, it's a hotly contested. He was contested. right, but wrong. Yes. He, there was a woman's voice at some point on the song, but not the part of the song he had made the bet about. Yeah. So anyway, welcome back. Utah Car Sense, presented by Mark Miller Subaru. He's George Roska, general sales manager of the Midtown Store. I'm Austin Horton, a nobody. And Brian Brown, the brown bear, producing for us. 855-340-ZONE. If you want to be part of the show, you'll be entered to win a four-pack of VIP Lounge movie passes. Looking for a Valentine's Day-themed answer to our poll question. What did you drive on your first date? What did you drive on your honeymoon? What did you drive when you first got married? Those kinds of things. 855-340-ZONE. Love to hear from you. 855-340-ZONE. All right, George, uh, I know this is a car show, but this this thing went viral, and I think it applies to transportation overall. Yeah. And yeah. we've all been on planes. If you haven't, you will be. And we, we all need to know what is right and what is wrong. Who's at fault here? And if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, a woman and a man on a, uh, was it an American Airlines flight? Yeah. This woman posted video on Twitter of a flight she took in January where she reclined her seat back. The gentleman behind her, she claims before she started videoing, was punching the headrest of her chair mm-hmm. because he did not want her to recline it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, in fact, here's well, what I she said. I think there was a drink spilled, right, when the chair was reclined. So she said uh, in the video, the man, uh, bu- 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 oh, at some point in the flight, the man seated behind her asked Williams with an attitude, she says, <laughs> to re- <laughs> that's just funny, to return her seat to the upright position so he could eat from the tray table. So she did. But when he was finished eating, she reclined her seat once again. And that's when she claims he started, started punching, punching the headrest. Yeah. In the video, what you see is she's reclined with her phone, videoing him behind her mm-hmm. while he's constantly just pushing on the headrest, bouncing her head up and down. They're both acting like absolute petulant children when you could probably come to an agreement here yeah. as, as reasonable adults. He, he, his chair cannot recline. That's important. 
to this argument, to this situation. Yeah, but she doesn't know that. Well, she does because there's no, there's no, his, there's a wall behind his Oh, he's, seat. he's right at the He's the okay. end. He's, he's the, the end. back okay. of the cabin. So obviously his chair won't recline. Hers does recline. Here's my take on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I have never, ever been in an airplane seat in a, a regular person priced airplane seat. Coach. Right. Yeah. That when I recline that thing, it makes any difference for me to be in a recline. It doesn't recline enough to make any difference for me. And that, therefore, makes no difference for the person behind me. It goes, what, a quarter of an inch? It doesn't, it, it's like, it, it's not, it's, it's the It's, it's not, the what you're saying, smallest. it's not a big deal. Yes. I think I've sat in that rear seat where it doesn't recline, and I... I do like to recline. I'm a tall person. I like to at least stretch my legs and, you know, be comfortable. But I've never gotten so mad that, you know, if somebody reclined in my space that I would just flip out and punch their seat. I mean, I think that's a little exaggerated. Sure. And from his part. But Who has the right of way here, though? Well, and, and I think this is the debate. And see, I didn't know that this was such a hot topic issue because <laughs> apparently people are on Twitter just ready to kill each other over that it. That quarter inch of air is yeah, my air. Yeah. I paid for that you air. You need to ask permission to <laughs> recline in my space. And, and then Delta CEO gets in the middle of it. Oh, I know. And says that people should ask for permission. And then then it becomes the airline that's <sighs> at fault. And the poor flight attendants. And, and ugh. And and I really do blame the airline because, A, they should put maybe that rear seat a couple inches forward so he can recline and maybe spread out the rest of the seats so we're not feeling like we're so packed in that if somebody encroaches our space by a quarter of an inch that we go into an apoplectic rage <laughs> and just put our <laughs> flying future at risk. Because that doesn't, you don't want to do stuff like that on a plane. Like that doesn't, right. you know, you're going to get put on lists and stuff. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. Which this woman says that she, she complained to the flight attendant. And she got in trouble, right? And this woman was cited yeah. by the flight attendant with a warning yeah. as a disruptive passenger or something. Well, it's because she wouldn't stop filming, I guess. Sure. And then... And she claims that she's had every disc in her neck has been replaced except one. And that now she's got neck pain from him doing this to her the, seat. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean... Uh, you know, maybe, maybe she, I, I, I have an artificial disc in my neck, and it's fragile. It yeah, you can, wouldn't, you wouldn't want somebody punching the back of your your chair as right. you're sitting there and jostling your head up. And I mean, that's so not cool. I, I don't mean to comment on whether or not I believe her on that end, but I think it's ridiculous that the airline then told her, "If you have any further problem with this, con- this is real. Contact the FBI." The FBI. The airline. American Airlines told this woman, if you want to continue uh, down this path, you'll have to take it up with the FBI. Can you wow. imagine? going? Your dream is to be an FBI uh, <laughs> officer, and you go through all the trainings, and you go through all the schooling, and you, 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 you dedicate right, your right. entire life to never having a, a carb so that you can be the top agent in the world and you get and your, your entry-level job. And it's, all right, Johnny, we got a case for you. <laughs> yeah. You get Jan Williams versus American Airlines, case 19236. I, oh, my gosh. Be- I'll drive a bus the rest of my life before I do And no offense to bus drivers, just... That seems like a monotonous job, and I would rather do that <laughs> than, than have to the babysit adult daycare. 
Well, I will say this. On an airplane. I don't think she's at fault for any of this. I think she has the right to recline her seat. I don't think you need to ask for permission. It's you pay for the seat. They give you the op. The button is on your chair. If they should, if there should be the option for the other person, they should have a button that allows that releases you, your chair. That releases your chair. Hey, you might be onto something here. You have to turn around and say, "Would you mind uh, letting me recline my chair?" And then they can decide. Hey, can you or turn not. your key? I'm going to be reclining here in three, <laughs> two, one. You both have to like a submarine turn yeah, your keys yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. But no, when the airline oh. gives you the right to do something, you know, I think you have the right to exercise that. And and people don't need to be so sensitive. Just, you know. We have become so soft in this. We, we are flying through the sky. Yeah. We, this used as, at, as 600 miles an hour right. at 30,000 feet. You get and, from one side of the world to another in hours, not years, yeah. and decades yeah. with, with typhoid fever <laughs> and, and rat-infested ships. Scurvy. It's scurvy. And when you get there, half of your family has died, and, you, and you've created a new family by the time you arrive. This, we have become so stinking soft. And now I can't eat my meal because you have moved my tray a quarter inch to the side. Just close your <laughs> eyes put your headphones in and shut it agreed good grief how long before they start charging people to recline their seats now don't give them any ideas (laughs) now that's the way to do this how much how much would you pay for her to not be able to recline her seat 30 bucks okay how would you pay for you to be able to override his 30 dollars i better i got 30 over here can i get 35 (laughs) just bring out a a cattle auctioneer absolutely Oh, I, this is amazing. Just a little tidbit. The industry standard is 18 degrees of reclining, but apparently they measure that from where the headrest sits to where the headrest goes back. 18 degrees. And it's about eight inches. Oh, really? I've never felt like it was that big of a of Well, a and, and it's eight inches at the top. That doesn't mean it's eight inches on your legs where they're, they're not coming into your space eight inches, but <clears throat> it's the, the, the crown of your head essentially goes back eight inches. Yeah. I promise I've... Take. Maybe I'm just flying the crappiest of crap because I've 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 reclined my seat before and went that's it. You didn't pay for the extra is, recline option. I've, apparently I yeah. had to I got a seat belt so that <laughs> hey <laughs> but I didn't pay for the oxygen mask, so if we could get there safely I'd, I'd appreciate They'll it. They'll start charging for seat belts soon too. <laughs> they will for sure. Uh, 855-340-ZONE if you have a question, comment or story 855-340-ZONE. Uh, the spl- have you heard of a splatometer? No, that sounds cool. It's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the splatometer is a, uh, a frame that they've been running in Denmark. They've been running these studies on how m- <laughs> the volume of bugs that are dying on your bumper as you drive through town. Oh, I'm, I'm a mass murderer. <laughs> <laughs> so... The, the splatometer, this is from The Guardian. Two scientific studies of the number of insects splattered by cars have revealed a huge decline in abundance at European sites in two decades. So the bugs are dying? The research adds to growing evidence of what some ty- scientists rather have called an, quote, insect apocalypse, which is threatening a collapse in the natural world that sustains humans and all life on Earth. A third study shows plummeting numbers of aquatic insects in streams even. The survey of insects hitting car windscreens in rural Denmark used data collected. So that's on the, the, the windscreen, of course, is the windshield. Uh, used data collected every summer from 1997 
2017 to 20-year span and found an 80% decline in abundance. It also found a parallel decline in the number of swallows and martins, birds that live on insects. So... Here's the, here's, the, here's the bottom line. And they, they go on and on and talk about how now they've attached these little splatometers on bumpers or over the license plate of cars and collect, collect sit data. and count how many so this is like a bug canary, carcasses are on there. A canary there. in the coal mine situation almost. Yes. Like, that's not a good thing that so, the bugs are going away. So what they're saying is before you roll your eyes too far in the back of your head and, and, and yawn and say, come on, please, who cares about a little gnat? What they're saying is in 20 years... An 80% decline in insect species dying on, mm. on your car has actually then also impacted bird life, which, as we know, everything in Mother Nature trickles down. There's yeah, the food an, chain It's thing. an ecosystem. An ecosystem, exactly. How concerned should we be, George, that our cars are killing less bugs? Is it because our cars are not killing, or we're better at not killing bugs, or is it that there's less bugs to be killed? I, I was really hoping that this story had a happy ending and that the bugs were somehow getting smarter and just <laughs> avoiding the cars, but... Ninja it, bugs! It doesn't sound like it. It's <laughs> it's not a good thing. Um, obviously, we want a healthy ecosystem. We want uh, we need a healthy ecosystem for us to thrive as people, and um, we need to um, be very mindful of this and, and, and really watch what we do. Uh, absolutely, because uh, it, look, we can we can have all of our own difference in opinion on uh, global warming or climate change or or whatever's happening there. But the the one thing that is the science supports, yeah, that January was the hottest it has ever been in Antarctica. Yeah, it was like what sixty five degrees or sixty nine degrees 63 or sixty three degrees. Yeah, it- well, and it had never been that high before. In Antarctica. Yeah, and all these things are, are, are linked together, right? Yes. It's not, hey, the temperature's going up and the bugs are dying and, you know, the it, it's all linked together. That It's all human caused. It's all things that we're doing to the environment. And yeah. And it's, it's about time we need to step up our, our change of that. And, and I think there is, there should be a measured response. I, do, I don't think that we jump completely away from every every modern technology we have. Well, you can't. But let's measure it back in responsible ways on its impact on the environment. And let's build things for the future differently than we've built them in the past. I like that, yeah. You know, let's acknowledge that there's a problem, first of all. Let's make a plan to remedy that problem, and then let's implement that plan. But right now, we're still arguing over we have a problem. And according to you know articles like this, and this isn't the only thing, like we said, that we need to listen to the scientists. There is a problem. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, Tinsley Marshall, uh, someone who was part of this study, said the bottom line is it's pretty clear that something pretty cast- catastrophic is going on. The, they're now working on a smartphone app to make it easier for volunteers in these studies to provide insect splat data, which you could win any party argument with that. <laughs> hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a greeter at Walmart. What do you do for a living? I'm a bug splat data collector. Yeah, I analyze splat data. Tell me more about that as yeah. you dip into the nacho cheese with your tortilla chip. <laughs> anyway, so as something as ins- insignificant as a nat decrease death decrease on the bumper in Denmark is an indication that things aren't we can't just com- continue to turn our a blind eye and say ah the mm-hmm. next generation will take care yeah. of that yeah now 
here's where I then get up on my soapbox. I am demanding, and I will demand, that auto manufacturers provide us with a way to get our cars uh, further range with electrification, more reliability, more charging stations, mm-hmm. and, and that, is, that calls on the government then, too, to provide us with these things. Because I would love nothing more than to abandon combustion engine and, and be an electric car guy. But I can't rely on it. And it's, it's the tax credit thing. If you get in it the first, it's great, but then it, it depletes. Well, we got to think bigger, too. And then what happens later down the road to your battery? It's, it's in a landfill. E- exactly. And when you're charging your car here in the state of Utah, you're coal-powered. That's Unless you've got solar panels. Yeah. On and on and on and on and on. That's really the issue is right now there really isn't a perfect solution. And, and then there never will be a perfect solution. But we need the infrastructure. We need the investment. We need these $3 billion for electrification for Frontrunner. We need that. You know, that needs to be something that happens not in the next decade, but in this one. And and we need these charging stations and we need these batteries to, to improve and um, not just you know, rely on electric. Maybe we need hydrogen. Maybe we need to look at alternate technologies um, and look at the way we build our cities and the way we live and, you know, other other things, not just one part, but look at the whole thing because it's not one thing that's causing the issue. It's it's everything. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, it's never going to be perfect. Yeah. But I think we could do better than we... I like what Jeff Miller's been driving. Yeah. The, the Crosstrek Hybrid. He gets like 90 miles a gallon on that thing. See, this is becoming the fish story of Salt Lake City all I've of a seen it. Because every week he rolls in here and it's a higher number. Last week it was 65 miles an hour, <laughs> miles per gallon. Now you come in here and say it's 90. Well, he may have had a week where it was 90 <laughs> and he showed it to me and it was like, hey, look at that, it's 90. <laughs> and I'm, I'm having a little fun. Jeff wouldn't lie or anything like that. They're not making this up. I mean, it obviously varies depending on how much highway, <clears throat> but there's a little, city, bit of the, much. little bit of the telephone game going on here. <laughs> it, it feels like I got 18 miles per gallon. Next guy comes in. He got 40 miles per yeah, gallon. Yeah, yeah. On and on and on. But anyway, the idea that. The, the marriage of electric and combustion helping one another mm-hmm. in a hybrid, I think that that technology is almost to the, the peak, is almost there. It's almost where it couldn't be improved more. Yeah. And, and I like that we're also coming out with ethanol-free gasoline options, mm-hmm. that, which I don't know what that, honestly, I don't know what that does to change the pollution, but I know it's easier on your car's engine, and then you're not using more pollutants to fix your car's engine on and on and on they claim with uh, ethanol free that it can reduce emissions by 20 percent. really okay wow i mean that it it makes sense there's less gunk in it yeah so it it just it starts with something small like a bug splat study to then open everyone's eyes and be like okay we can all change if you recycle one soda can a week more than you have been that's change Mm -hmm. and i'll get on board with that plant a tree Plant a tree, says Brian Brown, the tree hugger. I hug lots of things. Trees trees (laughs) among them. I hug lots of things. (laughs) What if the tree doesn't want your hug? Doesn't matter. It's getting it anyway? If it can't run, it's getting a hug. (laughs) Okay. You're like Elmira in uh, Looney Tunes. What was that? Baby Tunes? What was the the baby Looney Tunes? What were those called? What was that? Tiny Tunes. Tiny Tunes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm random. (laughs) 855-340-ZONE. All right. Uh, a Ford dealership it has seen, imagine getting 40 customers in one night, 
for a vehicle that starts at forty three thousand eight ninety five and reaches sixty thousand five hundred. Well, Steve Fuentes did of Sunnyvale Ford in the heart of Silicon Valley. 100 reservations and climbing, he says, on the Mustang Mach-E. The Mustang Mach-E, the 2021 E-SUV. It starts at $43,895. With all the bells and whistles, it gets to $60,500, and they've already got over 100 reservations for this thing, Jeff. Or, uh, George, have you seen... The, I, uh, the I, I've seen the renderings. Of it. Yeah, yeah. It what looks do you think cool. Of it? I, I like it. You know, I've always been a fan of the Mustang, um, the way the way it looks and everything. And and I think that for them to build an electric version, make it more of an SUV, what people are wanting to buy these days, I think it's going to be a hot seller. It looks too much like a Porsche Cayenne for me. Does it? You think? Yep. I didn't. Eh, maybe a little bit. I I I need my Mustang to have the sharp edges to it. I need it to have that muscly type feel. I need it to 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 be more vintage looking than this thing. But this isn't looking back. This is looking forward. No. But we can look forward <laughs> while still loving the past. While still looking cool like we did in the past. Yes. <clears throat> uh, like we had uh, who who called about the harvester, Don. He called earlier about the 1948 International Harvester truck that he drove. Yeah, that'd be cool if they made a, an electric type truck like yes. that but n- not this futuristic cyber truck thing that tesla's got going, oh but. don't get me started on the halo truck <laughs> the, it's hideous the warthog as i call it but why can't the why can't we have vintage looking cars with updated technology that's that's all i'm asking for yeah no and i and, and i really like what you said earlier you want these manufacturers to step up their game yes i think the consumer demand is out there like right now we're having to ship in cross track hybrids to be able to sell them here in, in salt lake we're not one of the markets where even subaru is selling the the cross track hybrid so we've taken the additional step of just bringing cars in from other markets where they're not selling maybe as well and we've hmm. sold a dozen or so have so, you mm-hmm. okay <clears throat> so jeff has one and then uh, yeah we've sold probably another 10 or 11 on top of that which you you had to get people trained on how to service we did we had a different service yeah yeah, we had to get special tools we had to get a a charging station put in up front you gotta have that grounding stick yeah (laughs) so that you don't the magnesium hook to yeah yeah, so that you're grounded so you don't get thirty thousand volts going through your left finger or whatever yeah (laughs) yeah 2.1 gigawatts as it were uh but that's so you've sold about a dozen or so so the demand is slowly coming around for But this. we would sell more if we had more of them. That, that's, okay. what, that's what I'm getting at, is, is they need to build them, and then people will, the, the demand, I think, will come. Uh, especially when you're getting 60-plus miles per gallon, and you're not, yeah. you're not filling up ever. <laughs> yeah, filling up once a month. Or, yeah. Yeah, that'd that's, be awesome. That's incredible. <laughs> people, people could use that right now. And the majority of our driving is it's in the city, it's off the freeways, it's... It's in a part where electric makes a lot of sense. It's just we need more cars out there to be able to to sell. And Subaru is moving towards that. You know, they're going to have a full electric coming out in the future. Um, they're going to bring the hybrid technology to more and more lines. And so mm-hmm. I really, I really do um, hope that people will adopt it and 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 we will reduce the emissions and, and get to where we need to. Eight five five three four zero zone eight five five three four zero zone. If you want to be part of the show. You'll be entered to win a four-pack of movie passes by calling in and sharing with us a question, a comment, a story. 855-340-ZONE. Zanny is here on the show. Good morning. Hi. Um, 
I wanted to tell you about my gas mileage. Okay. Um, in uh, 2018, um, I went to uh, the Midtown store and I bought a Legacy. And I was then having it serviced uh, a year later and uh, talked to uh, my favorite salesman, Curtis. And uh, he put me in a 2019 uh, Forester. Okay. And uh, the other day, I did a little trip, and I, it was very short. And I came back and filled my gas tank up, and I got 46 and a half miles per gallon. Wow. Wow. In a Forester? Yes. That's wow, incredible. Zane. I mean, I've heard high 30s, but I haven't heard in the 40s. You must have been well, doing some uh, know, smooth uh, driving. Uh, that's That was exactly how, uh, how I felt. And I thought, well, maybe I have just forgot how to figure this out. And so I went on my Internet and went through that, and no, I figured it out. I mean, yep, that's what it was. It was 46 and a half miles per gallon. Wow, wow, that's well, incredible! Well done. That's uh, that's uh, some great numbers to hear on a Forester, and I, and you can get there. You know, if your if your driving habits are smooth and you're not hitting the gas, you know, mashing it to the bottom every time when you're, <laughs> you're racing from light to light, yeah. you can get some some good numbers on there. Well, I I was going up uh, uh, Sordine Canyon, you know, to go to Logan, uh-huh. and uh, not all of the mileage was you know on the road. I mean, uh, some of it was around town. But, you know, I was going up and down, you know, how the elevation is there. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, when I figured that out, it just blew my mind. I was so excited, I ran right down to the store to tell Curtis. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. That's awesome. Thank you, Zanny. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, thanks. Nice to talk to you. And you guys are wonderful. I listen every week, and I have since the day you started. Oh, oh. bless you. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Makes a difference. I. Whenever people tell me that they listen, yeah. I mean this sincerely with all of my heart and soul. Please keep listening because I don't want to get a real job. <laughs> you mean we're not just here talking to ourselves? I, I, I like goofing off for a living. <laughs> Please. My ADD appreciates it. My family appreciates it. I'm a happier, better person yeah. if I get to yell and scream about nonsense in an entertaining, hopefully, way. So thank you for listening and continue listening. It's a little, little therapeutic for you. <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm in the show Guys and Dolls. Up at Hope Box Theater in Kaysville, and the proceeds go to Margot Flint, a woman fighting breast cancer. And so, so first of all, go see it, hopeboxtheater.com. There's a matinee today at 2 p.m. I'm playing Nathan Detroit. Come see me. But uh, Tony Parks said that if anyone boos me when I take my bows at the end of the show, just my bow, uh-huh. during just my bow, go ahead and boo, and he'll donate 100 bucks. Ooh, I like it. Well, you, you say these things, you throw it out there on the air, and you think, oh, we're just having fun. <laughs> Did and everybody last night, boo you? I was just cascaded <laughs> with boos. Just, and uh, just uh, jeers, and, and it made me feel so good. So good inside. I like it. 
if people were listening, they they, they took booed the, me. Yeah, they really booed they me. They cared to boo. <laughs> it's so fun. So Tony, you're on the hook, man. Hundred yeah. bucks. I liked uh, Austin's interpretation. Guys and dolls. Guys and dolls. Guys and dolls and guys and dolls and guys and dolls. All right. Well, I said Austin. I meant Adrian. Adrian's was yeah, that was Adrian's, not mine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, that's because it's from Simpsons. Simpsons has a. Oh, I remember. Hopefully, the, that's not your interpretation. Where, of it. <laughs> it's actually, I think is it a Star Wars uh, crossover with guys and dolls? Oh, ridiculous! All right, we'll take our final break. Come back on the other side. Eight five five three four zero zone. Got to talk to you about the latest in the inland port situation and smart roads. What is it? Are they coming to Utah? Maybe. Tell you next. with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Did you see the movie Long Shot? No, I don't think I have. So it's not, this song is not uh, in that that movie, but this song reminds me of the song by Roxette in that movie. Uh, It must have been love, but it's over now. With Seth. It's a great movie, George. Oh, okay. It's hilarious. Char- Charlie's Theron. Theron? Theron? Whatever. Theron. Yeah. And uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah. And if you're not I'll a Seth to... Rogen fan. I like Seth Rogen. Do you? Yeah. He, you know, he's pretty. He know what he's getting with Seth Rogen, but this was his best movie. I loved this movie. It was so, it's raunchy. It's naughty, but it is so, it is so stinking funny. But uh, anyway, th- I don't know why that song. Who sings that? Deep Velvet? Who, Velvet, what is that? T- Berlin? Berlin. Roxette. Somehow reminds me of Berlin. <laughs> and anyway, we were there. Well, that's how we got that. It was the 80s. Yeah. There was a lot of that. Best, best decade of music ever. The 1980s. You give me a cheesy 80s love song, I'm there for you. Speaking of which, 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Bruce has been holding on. And Bruce, you won... You won our tickets last week. Congrats. You're calling back in. What's going on? Bruce? Hello. Hey. How are you, Bruce? Sorry about that. I had no to good. take you off the speakerphone and, uh, you know, hands-free, safe driving. Nice job. Nice job. <laughs> you called about the Bronco last week. I did. I did. Uh Kind of, kind of funny. You played that Brian Adams song. That was my first dance song with my wife today. Twenty years ago, almost twenty years ago, uh, we uh, used the Bronco and my Jeeping Club uh, Hogs, which actually stands for Holy Order of Gear Grinding Swine. <laughs> Bunch of local boys here in Utah, but we had our wedding up at the Providence Canyon and uh, outside of Hiram there and. Caravaned our entire guest list up there, the hillside with the Jeeps and the Broncos, and uh, caravan back down the, off the mountain to the uh, Sherwood Resort, Best Western there, and in, in uh, the Sardine Canyon. And yeah, Sherwood Hills. Yeah, yeah, it's closed now, but it's pretty awesome then. But uh, I, I called back simply because you, you were uh, playing that song and singing that song, and it just <laughs> reminded me of that day and. and how we uh, used our vehicles, you know, on that day, our wedding day. Yeah, that's cool. 
Like I said, it, it, that the only good thing that came out of the movie was that song, and it's cheesy, and it's corny, and I love it. I love that song. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for yeah. calling, man. Appreciate it. See, All right, thank you, guys. Talking about 80s love songs there. There you go. Just- 855-340-ZONE. Pete is back on the show. Hey, Pete, been a long time. How are you? Good, guys. How you doing? Good. Good to hear your voice again. What's going on? I just wanted to chime in about uh, what you were talking about uh, as far as, uh, you know, getting the ball rolling to, you know, protect the future of and the quality of life that we all are enjoying. But, you know, until we're willing to get leadership on national and state levels who actually um, aren't insane in my mind, uh, (laughs) we're going to be, you know, we're going to be watching uh, the planet burn while they run their fiddles, you know? I mean, that's the fact. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good point, Pete. Uh, leadership is definitely important in all of this, you know, and, uh, and, and we do need it at a national stage as well as at a local level. And I think one of the biggest things that we need to change going forward is, you know, the way we make decisions, it needs to be, even the local decisions we make, it needs to be about the global impact that they have. Yeah. And so I think that's that's a, an important point that you made. Pete, remind me, you, you drive an electric vehicle, don't you? Uh, no, I'm currently oh. um, driving a uh, 2012 Golf, but, you know, I try, you know, I've... You know, I try and, you know, combine trips and, you know, I found work that's, you know, close enough for me to ride a bike if I want. Um, you know, those kind of things, you know, there's there's all little small changes we as humans can do personally to try and do the right thing. Yeah. But again, I mean, you know, and, and I applaud the governor for getting these, you know, refineries to come out with at least some of them, the tier three gasoline. But you know, that's, that's just a step in the right direction. I mean, ultimately, you know, in my mind, it's like we should be going all electric and creating our power from the sun. I mean, that, that to me, you know, and I realize that's a long ways off and there's going to take a lot of growing pains and, uh, you know, there's going to probably be some unhappy people along the way, but I think there's going to be a lot of happy people as well. Um, but you know, real leadership makes the hard decisions and has the real vision and sets the example. And we currently do not have any of that, certainly in the majority in, uh, in Washington as our last, uh, you know, fiasco just showed us. And then, you know, you've got these guys at the local level who, you know, just rolled back all these uh, taxes because they're afraid that, you know, the, the, the voters are going to, you know, show them up. And then, they got the temerity to sit here and tell us, well, this is no way to govern by referendum. It's like, well, how, how much more democratic could it be? I mean, you know, so anyway, that, that's, you know, so we all need to get out there and make better choices when we get the voting booth here in November and down the road. Because people like Lee, you know, I mean, I don't know what is going on with that guy, <laughs> but if he either needs to stop smoking whatever it is or start passing it to the rest of us because, you know... <laughs> Pete, good use of the word temerity. Yeah, I like nonetheless. that. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. You know, I, yeah. I occasionally bust out my ten dollars word for the day. So. <laughs> the, f- the that thesaurus calendar that you bought uh, for Christmas—it's it's coming in handy. 
Appreciate anyway, it. Anyway, I'll good, I good appreciate thoughts. you guys and uh, keep up the good work. You know where I stand. I stand with a lot of Pete's political thoughts, but yeah, no. the the bottom line is I want to know is regardless of your political per- persuasion or beliefs, the way the earth is going, the way that humanity is dictating the rules, something will have to change or it will fa- fall. And, and that's just the way it is. Is there a brand new baby somewhere in this country who will one day be president when everything is electrified, when everything is solar? I don't know. I don't know if that's in anyone that's on this earth yet's lifetime. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to know. see. We'll have to see that. But no, Pete made, a lot of, Pete made a lot of good points. And, uh, you know, as, as much as, you know, we can change things in our daily lives, it is really, really important that the policy that's set on a national level, because the impact of that is much bigger than what we can all do in, in our daily lives. So... Yep. 855-340-ZONE. You got a thought on that or really any other thing you got on your mind, including the Valentine's theme question. What'd you drive on your first date? What'd you drive on your honeymoon? What'd you own when you first got married? Have you ever given a car as a gift? 855-340-ZONE to be entered for the movie passes. And Paul is next up on the line. Hi, Paul. Hey, Paul. How we doing, guys? We're great. I was just listening, and I was thinking that my first car I ever took on a date was a 1950 Mercury. 1950 and, uh, Mercury. My, okay. The car that we drove on our uh, our wedding was a 1969 Dodge Charger. Oh, oh that's oh. nice. Oh, is that why she married you, Paul? Because I would marry you for a 69 Dodge Charger. Must uh, because I sure didn't have any money. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you know, those. I'm listening to some of this talk about pollution. If if we could ever get our heads together and save, all we'd have to do is save. 10 miles a week. Don't drive 10 miles a week. And we get, I, I would say within six months to a year, you'd see a significant amount of decrease in the pollution that yeah. we have in this state. I, I think Especially you've, in this Wasatch Front. I, I'm glad you, you've shared that thought with us before, I believe. And I'm glad you bring it back up because it's a really good point. We're, we're sitting here talking about grand schemes, and that's, you know, that's one way to go about it. But like Pete mentioned and like George mentioned and now, now you, Paul, there's something that each of us can do in our day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month living to reduce and to, to reuse and recycle. Yeah. As, as green as that might sound. It's true, though. It's, it's a good idea. Yeah, the 10 thought, miles less yeah. a week. Combined trips, yeah. uh, you know, you know I, carpool. I had a, someone suggest once that, uh, you know, the predominant religion in this state, that everyone wa- usually, li- usually lives within walking distance to that church house, mm-hmm. yet everybody drives a car to yeah. that church house the two blocks away. Just, just yeah. cut that out and, and start there, maybe. Yeah, here's the thought for the day, though. I'm just like an old giraffe. On a clear day, I can see forever. I thank you for your program. You guys do a wonderful job. <laughs> thank you, Paul. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for calling in. Like an old giraffe. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I'm like a, I'm like an old inchworm. On a clear day, I can't see anything anyway. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Wide open lanes on the freeway that is Utah Car Sense. 855 855- Three four O zone smart roads. What do you know about smart roads, George Roska? Not a lot. I don't know much about smart anything. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, this out of Las Vegas doesn't traffic just kind of ruin your day, especially when it's unexpected and makes you late. But what if you knew about congestion long before you hit on the road? It hit it on the road, rather not hit on the road. And yeah. hey, mm-hmm. whatever you're up to. What if it decreased significantly? A new technology could soon make that a reality. 
right here in the great state of Utah. Most newer vehicles on the road today are connected to the internet, obviously via a cell chip in the car, which shares data with the auto manufacturer. But a new technology called V2X, or vehicle to everything, uses a localized radio to anonymously and securely transmit data about the car and what it's doing. The data allows traffic operators to quickly learn of crashes, bad weather, or stalled cars, share that information with drivers of connected vehicles, and suggest alternate routes, 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 daily delay times, or other pertinent information. UDOT has been using this technology in select parts of Utah for the past few years to improve congestion, increase safety, and monitor infrastructure issues. And in fact, Utah built the first connected vehicle corridor in the nation along Redwood Road in Salt Lake, then another along University Parkway and Avenues in Utah County. So essentially, radio is embedded mm-hmm. in, in the car or, or, or along the route, then transmit signals from the, the chip in the car. So when an accident happens or congestion or bad weather, black ice, yeah, you don't have to call and report it. You don't have to click the little Google map uh-huh. and say, yes, this traffic accident is still here. Yeah. They already know about it. Yeah. And they can direct you different ways. Great ideas. My problem is there's not a lot of different ways for us to go in this valley. Yeah, yeah I mean, and the alternate routes are going to go. If everybody's going to go to the alternate route, then that's going to become a traffic jam. And yeah. Then, I mean, you've seen that with Waze and Google Maps because we already kind of have that ability to a certain extent. Like you said, you have to enter it in manually, but I can pull up Google Maps and make sure the traffic is clear, you know, on my way home before I leave work. And if it if it is uh, backed up, I'm going to take a different route, but then so will 3,000 other people. Sure. And then to that point, you know, we're just... So I, I like the idea, though. It's not going to hurt anything as long as it really is secure and anonymous, as they're saying. That's another point, too. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, a lot of these connected cars have been very hackable, um, you know, and, and people are taking advantage of that. Right. Uh, and here I am on one soapbox about environment and be nicer to the environment and be smarter to the environment. And then here I am going to get on my other soapbox and we need more freeway. <laughs> I know, it sounds counterintuitive, but we do. We need another freeway in this in this area. And that's why I like the idea that now Legacy Highway is 65 miles per hour. It mm-hmm. started on July, or July, January 1st. You can go 65 on Legacy. It's still just a two-lane highway. It's very windy. Mm-hmm. It takes about as long as it would take you to get to and from in a traffic jam on I-15. We need a second freeway. Yeah. And we need it now. So that 10, 15, 20 years from now, we're not hurting for it. Yeah. That's, at least that's my opinion. Well, we need a second freeway. We need, we need more tracks. We need, we need more of everything. We need more infrastructure altogether. And we, and need we to, don't need to pay for it. Oh, oh yeah. Well, no, we uh, need to pay for it. And we, <laughs> <laughs> but we need to build it in a smart way and in a way that looks towards the future and in a way that redu- is going to reduce the commute times. It's going to reduce the amount of pollution of carbon of everything that, you know, you're, maybe you don't have to travel 10 miles to work. Maybe you can live closer to work and, and build our communities that way. I would like to see uh, a future, we're talking about uh, future roads and smart roads. I would like to see smart roads where someday you can get in a lane and continue driving, but at maybe a very reduced speed and it recharges your electric car while you're going. So perhaps you can still 
make progress towards your destination. You don't have to pull over and charge. Yeah. And somehow, but this is all, this is a five-year-old's dream here. I don't know. I, I dream it up, you build it. That's yeah, essentially yeah. what I'm calling on here. But yeah. something along the, smart roads aren't, I don't want to just see, watch out for 3200 South. There's a traffic accident or whatever. I want to see more than that. I want to know, I want to be able to know how many cars are on on, on the route in mm-hmm. between where I am and where I want to go, and uh, what uh, the average speed of those cars is doing, all kinds of data mm-hmm. I want to have at the fingertips. So it's cool, though, that we have the first in the country. It's a start, and it's yeah. and it's important to build this type of infrastructure if we're ever going to have self-driving cars. You do need these sensors. You do need these um, vehicle-to-everything communication networks so that the cars not only talk to the road but talk to each other. Yeah. Uh, Toyota and Lexus have announced a recall to replace engines. Uh-uh. Have you seen this? No. A vital engine component could fail, increasing the risk of stalling or fire. If you've just bought a new Toyota or Lexus, your vehicle may need its engine replaced. Over 44,000 cars and SUVs from the 19 and 20 model years are being recalled because they may overheat, stall, or even catch fire. Those affected vehicles include the 2020 Camry, Camry Hybrid, Avalon Hybrid, and Lexus ES300H sedans. Also, the 2019 or 20 Toyota RAV4 and RAV4 hybrid SUVs. The recall is due to an issue with the engine block where combustion takes place. Because of a manufacturing error, the engine block could leak coolant or oil, which then, of course, may lead to a stall or a fire while the engine is in use. If you are worried your car might be affected, go to safercar.gov. Type in the VIN number and find out from there. And then, of course, as we always tell you with recalls, don't just drive into the dealership and say, fix my car. Yeah. Call ahead. Call ahead. Make an appointment. Yep. Get, make sure they've got the parts in. Yep. They'll set it up for when they can fix your car. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'll just be even more frustrated. Yeah. And if it is a car, if it's a situation where the recall makes it unsafe to drive the car, there's options for you as well to get a loaner or whatever you need. Yeah. All right. Uh, safercar.gov. 855-340-ZONE. Got a couple more minutes to uh, fit in a few last-minute callers. 855-340-ZONE. Danny is on the line. Good hey, morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're fine. Thank you. How are you? Good. Uh, I just wanted to touch up on the smart roads, an idea that I thought about for the longest time but never actually told anybody what could help with winter driving as far as roads and people uh, getting the car wrecks or the big weather alert, drive safe, and whatnot. Okay. The defrost mode on the back of those windows, those metal things that goes along the window, what if they incorporate that in the street somehow to where the storm's coming, they just thermalize uh, or turn it on somehow to where the streets would warm up just enough so the snow wouldn't stick and, and it wouldn't freeze over and we wouldn't, ha- we wouldn't have so gotcha. many accidents. Like a heated driveway of sorts, like you, like you yeah, do. But only, yeah. yeah, on a wider scale, you know, using something like a defrost mode type thing. That's interesting. It's very expensive. It would be. I was uh, on a chairlift a few weeks ago at Deer Valley talking to somebody, and they were uh, pointing to one of the really nice house, you know, at Deer Valley as you're on the lift, you see, and it's a, it's a house with a really long driveway. And yeah. he goes, so do you know how much it costs for that guy to heat his driveway um, all, all winter? Wow. 
it was about eight thousand dollars a month. Oh, wow, <laughs> wow, and that's just for a little patch of driveway. So yes, great idea. I think if, yeah. if there's a different technology, maybe that they could um, come up with to where you're not having Lasers to run or something. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. We... <laughs> I like. See, right. Danny's with me. We yeah. dream it up dream and it you and build it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, don't don't we put it visionaries and then good engineers. Yeah. Danny and I are the thinkers. Yeah. Now the builders. That's, that's, it's your job, right, Danny? I mean, how, uh, how many lives do we lose in the wintertime with oh, a car accident? Ridiculous. Oh, yeah, There's got to be a smarter way with technology nowadays to make roads better, safe. Not just warnings or smart devices, just something for the roads that's embedded or laser technology to make the roads warm enough to when it does get frozen, it doesn't freeze, it doesn't freeze over, in other words. Lasers. I like it, Danny. No. Thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Uh, you, the good news is... The, the with the planet warming up, you, we might not, we need, not need to pay yeah. for a warm yeah. road. Now the road might melt like the surface of the sun, but be, hey. It'll be 70 degrees in January, we're not going to need. In Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. If, which, if it's 70 degrees in January in Antarctica, July in Utah is going to be gonna fun. It's going to be a bad year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for Utah Carson. We had 10 callers this week. At eight five five three four zero zone, got them all in random order here. Brian, pick us a number between one and ten, buddy. We'll go with lucky number seven. Number seven gets you Don. All right, who called Don. in about the International Forty Eight Four uh, Harvester. I like it. So Don, give us a week or so. Head into the Midtown store. Tell them you won some movie passes on Utah Car Sense, and go enjoy the movies. George, good to see you, man. Good to see you. Thanks for uh, Brian Brown. Thanks for your help. Thanks to George Roska of Mark Miller Subaru. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you next week on Utah Car Sense.